0: Welcome to Murder and Mimosas. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our show is Murder and Mimosas. It's a true crime podcast. This means that we do discuss crimes, including but not limited to disappearances, murder, and sexual assaults. All our episodes are told with the respect of the victims and the victims' families in mind. We strive to ensure that we provide factual information, but some information is more verifiable than others. With that, grab your mimosas and let's dive in.
1: Welcome back. I'm Shannon. And I'm Danica. We're going to tell you the story of Mark Litensky today, so grab your mimosas and settle in. It's a cold Christmas day in 2019. The family is gathering to celebrate, but they're missing someone. This person is Kevin Bacon. No, not the actor. Kevin was a 25-year-old hairstylist that lived in Swartz Creek, Michigan. That Christmas morning, he was supposed to be at his parents' house. They call, but they can't get an answer, and they become worried, as only parents can do, and I'm sure start thinking the worst. But this time, it's actually every parent's worst nightmare. Kevin had a roommate, Michelle Myers. She advised them that he had left the night before to meet a man he had met on Grindr, which is a dating app for gay men who want to find a hookup from what I can gather. He left about 5.20 p.m. and later about 6.12 texted his roommate, Michelle, that he was having a great time and he didn't know if he would be home that night. His parents put in a missing person report that Christmas day.
0: Actually surprised they were able to that early, but that is great police work that we don't really see.
1: Yes, and kudos to the parents too for getting right on it. They eventually find Kevin's car in the Dollar General parking lot several days later. In the car is his cell phone, wallet, and a bag of clothes. The police get the phone to look for clues and to see who Kevin was meeting. They do find the dating app and they find he was meeting up with Mark Latinsky that night. So police go to Mark's house to see what they can find out. By now this is December twenty eighth. Mark answers the door and allows police in. They tell him they're looking for Kevin Bacon and ask if he can if they can look around there. He doesn't hesitate. He lets he lets them search his place. Police <clears throat> police special first Lieutenant David Kaiser was one of the first officers there. That day says they found Kevin in what they would describe as a secret room. This room was in the basement and they found Kevin hanging from the ceiling by his feet. He had been strung up there by a mechanical device. He had been stabbed in the back. His throat was slit and he was castrated. Mark tells police that he cut Kevin's testicles off, took them upstairs, and cooked them and ate them.
0: I'm sorry, did you say ate them? Was it a Christmas feast?
1: Well, I don't know if it was a feast, but yes. Very Jeffrey Dahmerish thing he has going on here. He's, of course, arrested, but police want to know more about Mark and wonder if he has other victims they haven't yet identified. I mean, after all, not many people have secret rooms in their house and a mechanical device to string people from the rafters. Well,
0: we don't know. This was a secret room. Maybe other people haven't let you in (laughs) theirs.
1: That's true. And I hope to never be in one. They start tracking down guys that Mark may have met up with. They find a guy that had encountered Mark in October 10th of 2019. He was from New York and was in Michigan on business. Mark started hitting on him at the bus station. He says they got some drinks and he doesn't remember anything after that except he woke up chained by his ankles in a basement. He Okay, he found a butcher knife, cut the leather straps that was on his ankles, and got the heck out of there. He called nine one one once he left and that call is out there if you want to listen to it, but it's actually really hard to understand. What you can make of it is that he is scared to death. Mark lived in a rural area, and this man had no idea where he was. He's telling the dispatcher he's scared, he's lost, and he must have been drugged. Police do find him, but he doesn't press charges. Michael Parks, a man that lived on the same road as Mark, says there was a guy in November around 4 p.m. banging on his door, screaming hysterically. He answered the door and this man has a rag on his face and is bleeding and he has a phone to his ear pleading for help. He was already on the phone with 911 who told him to run to the first house he saw because he had no idea where he was or the address. Michael opens the door and not long after he sees a man pull up into his driveway wearing the same Type of stuff this man has on, which is a leather kilt and leather belts across his chest. No shirt, no shoes, nothing but a kilt and belts. He says it was bitterly cold that day, so he thought that was a little odd. Oh, it's
0: odd because it's <laughs> cold. Yes. But on a normal, warm
1: <laughs> summer day, that's just the normal. Okay. Yes. So when he sees Mark, he jumps behind Michael screaming to keep this man away from me. Mark doesn't come up. He just gets back in his SUV and leaves. Once police get to this man, they tell him he needs to show him where this man lives. They go confront Mark and he says, this was just consensual sex. They ask why he was chasing him then. And he tells them that he had on one of his kilts and it's worth $300, $300 and he wanted it back. This man does tell police that it was all consensual sex. He even consented to being chained up and he doesn't file charges either. I take it these
0: men meet up somewhere and they ride back to Mark since none of them have a vehicle there.
1: I didn't find that anywhere, but that is what I would have to assume. If he does want to kill someone, he doesn't have to get rid of the car. Plus, It traps these men there.
0: We cannot emphasize this enough to be careful on dating sites, even blind dates. Don't leave your car like they did. Don't go with another person. Meet at a public place and let someone know where you're going and who you're with. They don't want people in your business, but I promise someone needs to know where to look for you if you go missing.
1: I agree. Be careful out there. So let's talk a little bit about Mark in his life. He sounds crazy, but the guy is actually pretty intelligent. He got his bachelor's of science and chemistry degree from Central Mich- Michigan University in 1991, and interned for Dow Chemical in the summer of 1990. He went on to get his master's degree in chemistry from Iowa State University in 1995. This guy wasn't a dumb person. He was a chemist earning six, six figures at one time when he worked at American Chemical Technologies. He actually lost his job in 2019 because he claimed his employer wanted him to put harmful chemicals in products. And actually, it was because he wouldn't take his medication. Mark married a woman named Emily in 2001. They went on to have four children together. Their marriage fell apart and the two divorced in 2013. According to the 2013 court filings, Emily says that Mark was diagnosed in 2010 and then again in 2013 with psychotic features, adjustment disorder with depression and anxiety with paranoid schizophrenia and borderline personality traits.
0: This man has a little bit of everything.
1: Yes. She claims his medication will treat it But he has a history of not taking it, which we see that a lot with schizophrenia for some reason. I don't know what was going on for him to go to the doctor in 2010 or 2013, but the fact that she was counting his pills to make sure that he was taking them says something. I mean, this woman has four kids. I know she has better things to do than count his pills. So that tells me things were probably not great if he wasn't taking them. She contends that when he doesn't take them, he watches torture horror movies, talks to himself, stays out all night, and threatens to get rid of his kids' pets, claims their son isn't his, and won't shower or shave. The divorce was finalized in July of 2013, and court records show they had joint custody of their children. In September of 2013, Mark was arraigned on two counts of parental kidnapping when he kept two of his children from their mother for more than 24 hours. He was holed up in a hotel room and refused to let their mother have them. In this case, he was found incompetent to stand trial. Mark was ordered by the judge to undergo outpatient treatment. In August of 2014, a letter sent by Dr. DeVaris, Mark's psychiatrist read, and I quote, Mark has proven not to be a danger to himself or others, despite brief periods of hospitalization hasn't attempted to harm himself or others at any point, end a quote. The kidnapping case was reopened in 2015 when Mark was confident to stand trial, but it was dismissed without prejudice. The police were at Mark's house again in 2019 due to failure to pay child support after he lost his job and wasn't making payments. <laughs>
0: I mean, it sounds like he was too occupied to look for work when he was meeting up with all these men.
1: Well, his grinder hookups weren't even half of it. Please find out that he is on a gay escort website called Men. Mark has nude pictures on there that he is going by the name. I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Oakleyus Kaya Lucas. He also uses this name on Facebook and other male dating sites. His Facebook profile is actually still there if you want to check it out. Yeah, we can put the actual name that I can't say. You can find a picture of him and his husband in his leather kilts. Oh yeah, we haven't touched on his husband yet, so let's get to that. Mark met a man on Grinder. This man was Jamie Arnold. The two dated and got married in 2016. So I guess Grindr isn't just for hooking up. The two lived in the house that Mark had once lived in with his wife and kids. Jamie moved out in September of 2019, though, he says, and I quote, There were times I would come home and there would be someone there. He would try to get me involved. I made dinner and went to bed. I had to get out. I couldn't take that lifestyle anymore, end quote. I don't know about you, but if I come home and someone else is there, I'm just not going to, I'm just going to turn Lorraine and Bobbin on them. I'm not going to have a whole, I'm going to have a whole episode of true crime. There won't be any trying to get me involved. But Jamie has a little bit of conflicting information in all the sources I found. For one, he said, he wasn't aware he had mental, that Mark had mental health issues, and he never saw him take medication. To me, this just means he stopped taking his medication altogether because he didn't have someone there to force him. He probably didn't want to talk about his mental health issues because, well, who does? He did say there were a lot of signs when he looked back. Mark was claiming his family wasn't his family, that he was not a Latinsky and he has connections with the Vikings. I might explain with those kilts. He also claimed his grandmother wasn't really his grandmother. He claimed his neighbors were polluting their water and he could not bathe in the house because it had toxins in it. He said his children were not really his. So there are pretty crazy statements. One may not cause alarm, but altogether you would think maybe something's a little off with this guy. Of course, we don't know how far apart these statements were from each other. Did he just say weird, random things at times? Or did his mental health really start to decline? And at some point, we don't know.
0: Yeah, we've done several cases with people that suffer from paranoid schizophrenia, and they're notorious for not wanting to take their medication. Sadly, all the families that have spoken about it has said they've tried to get them help. They tried to get them hospitalized to no avail. It's frustrating, really, for the ones that love them. And my heart breaks for them because there really nothing they can do because they can't force them to do anything.
1: Yes. And Mark's attorney, Doug Corwin, said Mark was court ordered to seek mental health treatments four times in the, in the past by two different judges. According to Judge Jenny Barkey, the orders are only good for 60 days at a time and patients rarely stay 60 days. She said, once the patients are stable on medication, they are allowed to leave. She said, and I quote, I don't think he slipped through the cracks. The system is nothing but one big crack, end quote. She also wants the law changed so judges can give orders for long periods. I have to say I completely agree agree something needs to change. Jamie, I assume, was not completely estranged from his husband. He says that he was having some people over on Christmas and invited Mark over too because he didn't want him to be alone. Mark did attend the Christmas gathering and Jamie said he seemed like he was normal, his normal self. There was nothing out of the ordinary. This would have been the day after he killed Kevin and had him just dangling in his basement when he went over. Okay, so Mark. Is that the arraignment and the judge addresses him by his name? He says, no, my name is Edgar Thomas Hilt. He tells the judge that Mark Latinsky is his nephew. The judge already knows that this is Mark and he ignores him. He continues to claim he is from the Thomas clan that is from the Royal Welch family throughout the proceedings. His attorney plans on using this as, this as the insanity defense Michigan, there are two types of insanity defenses guilty but mentally ill, and not guilty by reason of insanity. Mark first has to be evaluated to see if he's competent to stand trial. He was found not competent to stand trial at his first evaluation. He was evaluated again a few months later and still found incompetent. After continued mental health treatment and a later mental health evaluation, he was finally found competent to stand trial. Mark doesn't go to trial, though. He pleads guilty and is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Before he was sentenced, Mark was hit with a civil lawsuit in June of 2020. Let's backtrack for a second here. The supposed businessman from New York that dialed 911. Filed this and his name is James Carlson. The lawsuit is accusing Mark of gross negligence, assault, battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and false imprisonment, and he's asking for $75,000. In the lawsuit, he alleged that he went to Michigan to meet up with Mark for consensual BDSM.
0: This was consensual. In the 911 call, he continually says he was drugged and woke up in the basement and he. Was here on business.
1: I know, right? At the same time, it's probably humiliating that you put yourself in this situation and you don't want to tell the dispatcher or police that I came all this way for some kinky sex, but this was too weird, even for me. I mean,
0: I guess that's true, but
1: you putting it all have a <laughs> lawsuit, I guess. Yes, this lawsuit was eventually dropped due to James's attorney withdrawing from the case and James failed to get new counsel. As we said at the beginning, Kevin Bacon was a hairstylist and he was obsessed with Jeffree Star and and aspired to be like him one day. For those of you who only have your head in true crime, you may be wondering who Jeffree Star is. So was I, but I looked him up for all of us. He is a YouTuber and makeup artist. There was a girl that tagged him on Twitter and told him about Kevin's murder and said she noticed he had several Jeffree Star tattoos. Jeffree Star shared this story on his Twitter account and also the GoFundMe that Kevin's sister had set up. He himself donated $20,000 to the GoFundMe, and due to his name, the actor Kevin Bacon was made aware of the story and also donated. While Kevin wanted to be famous for his hair and makeup abilities, he didn't see that happen, but he was at least acknowledged by his hero. Sadly, it wasn't in the way anyone wanted it to be. Here's a clip from the Jeffrey Star, from Jeffrey Star using his platform to help bring awareness.
2: Good morning, everyone. Hello. How are you? Um, this morning, I am going to get a little deep, and I'm going to get a little dark <sighs> um, with really heavy hearts. One of my dear subscribers and fans, his name was Kevin Bacon, and he was from a very small town in Michigan called Swartz Creek, and he was sadly murdered a few days ago. And the case, it's giving me weird vibes. The police are playing games. And I really wanted to talk about this case and bring more awareness to Kevin and his family. Um, From researching it, he went missing on Christmas Eve after going to meet up with someone on the app Grinder, And sadly, the person that he met up with killed him. And it's so, it's hard to process. It's hard. It's really hard to fathom another person doing that to someone. And, It just really makes you aware of, wow, like anyone that is meeting a stranger on an app really needs to be careful, but it goes deeper and this really hit close to home. This person was from Michigan. Kevin had a beauty killer tattooed on his chest. He was fearless. He lived his life exactly how he wanted to. He was open. Um, And I can't believe we lost someone from the Star family. So last night I tweeted about donating Um, for his family, for his GoFundMe, for his funeral. And so many of you came through. So just thank you from the bottom of my heart.
1: That's great when people can use their platform to bring awareness. This was on December 30th, so not all the details were known at the time. So that does it for today. So let us know your thoughts. I know it's close to Christmas again. So
0: Yes. So it is Christmas Eve if you're listening when this is released, which is the day he went missing. So it's very intentional. Um, if you're listening to after the fact, then you know it's still probably close to Christmas. I don't know. could be listening to this in July. We don't we have no idea. Um, but we thought it was a really interesting case. It was close to Christmas, and we wanted to bring it back around. And also just it's that reminder of please be very cautious of who you're meeting, um, through any type of app or online, you know, blind date, anything like that. And let people know where you are and who you're going to meet because it's, it's really just about keeping you safe. I mean, they luckily were able to use this grinder and track this down, but had they not found his phone, I'm not sure how long it would have taken for him to be found because they had no idea where he was going. Um, But it's just a really sad case. Um, I'm glad that it got some big name attention so that his family could have some money to pay for a funeral that they definitely weren't expecting. Um, But just be careful, be mindful, be cautious and have a Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Now, I'm most us this holiday season. Yes. So we'll see you
1: before the new year. Bye. Bye.